Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My friends, I've come to believe that Jesus' key teaching may not be that we must love so much as it is that we must forgive. Because after all, loving seems to come naturally to most of us. We love our children, we love our husband or wife and so on. But human beings, although they're hardwired to love, Jesus tells us Loving God, love our fellow man, yeah, those things are important, but really, that's not the hard part. What turns out to be really hard that the Jesus first tells us to forgive, and not once, but every single time. When, when Jesus' disciple Peter asks him, how many times must I forgive my brother when he does the same stupid thing to me over and over again? Lord, even up to seven times, Jesus says to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, Peter, but up to 70 times seven times. And that's Matthew eighteen twenty-one to 23, or in other words, every single time you must forgive. Loving may come naturally, but forgiving at that Olympic level, emphatically, that does not come naturally to any of us. And to be frank, in all the 10 years and 500 plus episodes of Seek Reality and counting, we really haven't found a good teacher who's been able to help us really learn how to forgive. That is before we met today's guest. Of course, A Course in Miracles does teach forgiveness. That's the miracle. The miracle in A Course in Miracles is forgiveness. But it teaches forgiveness in a way that goes right over most people's heads. So when Brenda Reese was our guest for the first time with her brief and simple book called Forgive Yourself, she flat out amazed me. Self-forgiveness is the hardest forgiveness, and Brenda makes it seem so simple. Brenda Reese is dedicated to helping people overcome obstacles that hold them back from living life to its fullest by guiding them through a simple five-step forgiveness process. She says that self-forgiveness helped her to transition out of victimhood and into the life that she was meant to live. Well, that's what it would do. Self-forgiveness isn't easy, and it should be, but it's not. She's forgive, she has experienced life's for obstacles, firsthand and in the form of toxic relationships, eating disorders, anxiety, and all the things, you know, many people go through and, and they just accept as part of their lives. She says that they can consume our everyday lives and if they're allowed to do it, they can control our lives. Brenda has the wisdom now to help others navigate through their most difficult times in life in a healthy and fulfilling manner, and it's all in this great little book called Forgive Yourself. Brenda's book is short, it's easy to understand, and I think, frankly, everybody should read it. Brenda, welcome. It's great to have you back with us today. Oh, Roberta, thank you so much, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> 
Well, I just, I mean, it's hard to forgive. And I know it's hard because I teach this stuff. And I have trouble teaching it to people. And forgiving other people is hard. I teach what I call prevenient forgiveness. And we'll talk about that toward the end of this hour. But forgiving yourself is really hard. And I know that because I try to teach it to people. And they're stuck on, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And First, what is and what is not forgiveness? So that's a beautiful place to start because I think we all need reminders, Roberta. Forgiveness is taking back our power. And a lot of people don't look at it that way. Forgiveness is taking back our power because when I'm angry at someone else or resentful or hating on, I mean, it can get you know pretty deep and intense. I'm giving them all of my energy. My focus is all on them. I mean, has, you know, it's like if you've been having an argument with someone and then tried to, you know, answer the phone or go to a, another business meeting and you have to kind of pull yourself together, it's hard because all of your energy is back in that situation. So remembering, this is what helped me a lot, was that forgiveness is allowing me to take back my power. And it's also forgiveness is taking responsibility for how I feel. Now, this one is a hard one. Because, you know, we can't heal what we don't feel. And a lot of us have not learned how to really allow our feelings to be felt. We have been told from early on, don't cry or go to your room. You can't be angry. So we've never learned how. So when we allow ourselves to take responsibility, meaning I get to feel my feelings and then I get to work with them and not project them onto somebody else, that's really powerful for me because again, it's keeping my energy with me and that forgiveness is for us. It's for us as the individuals and not for the other person because in my world, in the radical forgiveness world, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And in that case, it is for me because I am the only person I can control I have no control over anyone or anything else. And the two, the other two that I like to talk about is forgiveness is a trainable skill. And you teach this. And I love that, that you teach this. And so do I, because it is, we can learn it. It's not something that comes natural to us, you know, because we didn't know how and, and our parents didn't know how. So it is a trainable skill. And the other one is forgiveness is a choice. And this one is hard because we don't feel when we're in the midst of suffering and hurt, we don't feel that we have the choice, but we actually do. We actually do. Yes. Whatever. And in fact, that's A Course in Miracles teaches that there's no size in forgiveness. You can forgive anything. Because as you point out, if if there's something that you think you can't forgive, you are basically giving people that power over you. You're handing them the power to own that whatever it is you're refusing to forgive. You're giving them that power over you. Why would you do that? Exactly. And, you know, because people are afraid. And this is what I've discovered is forgiveness is scary to people because we all instinctively try to avoid vulnerability. 
We try to avoid putting ourselves in a vulnerable position. So it's almost easier and so-called safer to assume um, that we'll be forgiven than to actually stand there and wait for forgiveness, right? And we're terrified because most of us are terrified of the possibility that someone could say, no, I don't forgive you. What that does is that activates all of those beliefs within us that I'm not good enough. I did something wrong. It's, it's my fault. Because a lot of us heard that as children. But really, the reality is, is that it's actually their strength in our vulnerability. Being able to not need an apology is powerful and it does help us to empower ourselves. And that's a big one, right? Not needing an apology or being able to not, because sometimes in some cases it's not safe and it's not good for us to be able to, like if I've done something wrong, it's not safe for me to say, I'm sorry to someone else, but in the forgiveness work, we can give forgiveness and receive forgiveness without actually being in the same vicinity as the other people. Do you find that too? Yeah, actually, I remember one of the first, what am I, because I used to, um, uh, back when I decided I never wanted to be a lawyer, right after I got <laughs> out of law school, one of my first clients was a salesman who could with so much energy, he couldn't even sit down. And he told me one of the first things he always hoped for that something was something huge would go wrong with one of his clients, because then he could rush right in and apologize and fix it, because then he had a client for life. Oh, um wow. And I thought, wow, that was strange. He always wanted something to go wrong. But but I later realized what wisdom there was in that, that he made himself vulnerable to his client, and then he fixed it for the client. And the client thought that, you know, the clients loved him for that, that he was willing to be vulnerable and then to fix whatever had gone wrong. Wow, that is, that's pretty amazing. And it is powerful. I don't yeah. know, you know, if I'd want to mess up, so this, I'd have to ask for First thing that goes wrong, he messes up. Yeah, I know. But yeah. still, he said it worked every time. Well, and that's the power in vulnerability. Because when somebody, like you and I know, when we're able or we're with someone who's able to express how they truly feel, we are actually drawn to that. Because yeah. a lot of us, a lot of us want to be able to do that, but are afraid to. And the other thing is there is a connection there. There's a bond there that happens when we feel like somebody else gets us because that person is expressing how we feel on the inside that we're afraid to express on the outside. That is really, really true. We all want to show ourselves to be tough and strong and perfect but nobody likes perfect people. When are we going to realize that? Nobody likes perfect people. I know. And I think society feeds into that. And, you know, it's like the more powerful you are, the better. And somewhere we've lost it along, <clears throat> excuse me, along the way, we've lost that connection to ourselves. And that's what I love about self-forgiveness um, because in the fact or forgiveness just in general too, because of the fact that if I forgive myself, if I can learn to accept myself for who I am, all of my faults and everything, you know, along with my gifts, then I'm going to be able to stand stronger within myself, 
have the faith and the trust within me and be able to express how I feel without feeling like I'm going to get backlash or that somebody's not going to like me. Because this is the biggest thing. We're afraid to share how we really feel or to be different because we're afraid that someone's not going to like us. And that goes back to childhood. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's the playground all over again. Oh, it is. But we're just bigger now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I also want to remind people, because you were asking what forgiveness is and isn't. And I also want to remind that people, for people, it's not, it's not about excusing poor behavior at all. And that's something that we, we can put up with in any situation. We can just go, oh, that's just how they are. Even when they're sarcastic to us or they're demeaning to us. Oh, that's just how they are. We see this in family situations a lot, but forgiveness is not about excusing that. And it's not minimizing your hurt because we have been victimized. And it doesn't mean that we also have to, um, that we don't have to reconcile. And this is something that is powerful because a lot of people think we have to be in relationship with each other. And that's not true. If it's detrimental to your health and well being, that we can get forgiveness and we can get some freedom and peace around the situation without having to be with that person. Yes. Now, you know, and, and that's hard for people, especially when it's family, because they feel like I have to do that. And it's like, no, actually, this is what I, I encourage. If it's not healthy for you, then no. And that's where the boundaries come in, of course. You know, but if people do want to reconcile, you and I both know and share about this, that forgiveness is absolutely mandatory and necessary for the relationship to heal. We can forgive and then withdraw. We don't have to stay in that relationship. No. But we just let it all go. It just, we we can forgive and we can withdraw. But what happens if we don't, if we just don't want to, I mean, we just, we just, I refuse to forgive. I will not forgive. What happens to us then if we hold it inside still? Well, there is always a cost to things that we do. And I, as human beings, there's cost and benefits, right? We don't do anything unless there's a cost, right? Unless it's something that like painful, and then we don't do anything unless there's a really good benefit. And when we, when we're holding a resentment or a grudge, right? When I'm refusing to forgive, cause I want to be right. <laughs> right. right? I want to be right. I'm the one you hurt me. And there's power in that. We get power like that kind of, we feel righteous in, in our anger and in our resentment. And it's a false, right? It's a false power because what it does to us is we end up bringing anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience we have because how we do anything is how we do everything. I'm not able to show up if I'm angry and bitter at so at like an ex or at a coworker or at a family member, I am going to carry that with me. And because people feel that, you know, we can all feel like it's like, ooh, there's tension or that person's not happy. We have an understanding of that. But we, if we understand the cost of resentment for us, it helps us to lean more towards forgiveness because we're not able to enjoy the present moment because we're so wrapped up in what what so-called wrong happened to us. 
And then we can also, it feeds into depression and anxiety because we feel then like that our life lacks purpose and meaning. And that doesn't sound any fun, right? (laughs) You know, because it also causes health problems. There actually neuroscience is showing that it actually is causing, you know, the blood pressure and immune disorders. And when people, they've done studies on that. Robert Enright did a lot of studies on that years ago where they studied groups in colleges and then after college where they were holding resentments. And the people who did the forgiveness had more creativity, they had more vitality, and they had more endurance, which was pretty amazing. We all know sour people. And yeah. if you down beneath the sourness and the bitterness and the depression and all of those, you find some ancient hurt that has not been forgiven. Yes. And when people can understand why they're holding on to it, that's a really, it's a really good tool and it's a motivator. What I find is I I don't know when I don't know why I'm holding on to something like, you know, I, I talked with a, a gal who had an aunt who didn't talk to her sister for 50 years, 50 years. The two aunts wouldn't talk. Goodness. And she asked, I know, and she asked her and she's like, well, what happened? And the aunt goes, I don't know. I'm just not going to talk to her. (laughs) She's terrible. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And, and, and this, the friend of mine, she's like, Brenda, you know, I I tried to tell her, it's like, well, you don't want to take this to the grave. And she goes, well, it's her fault. And until she apologizes, I'm not doing anything. Even though she couldn't remember what happened. Oh, Lord. I know. It's it's a case of the druthers. I remember the the story about two old men and they had the druthers. I'd rather be angry. (laughs) That's funny. That's true. That is true. And I think it is because, you know, we're afraid. So I will hold on to my anger because that is actually a a higher, if you look at David Hawkins, David Hawkins wrote that book, Power Versus Force and a lot of other ones, but he did the scale of consciousness. And on the scale of consciousness, he used kinesthesiology. I can't pronounce it, but he, he, they measured the different emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt and shame are at the bottom, like at five and 10. And, but anger is above that because anger, when we can use the energy, we can actually create things, but it's really what's driving us under the anger and under that anger, because anger is a secondary emotion under it is sadness and it's grief and it's a wound. It's a hurt that has been there for quite a while. And so, but we're so used to being just holding on to this anger because there's, there's, we feel that there's power in it, right? So it's like, I'm going to hold on to this because we are afraid to go and feel that vulnerability of feeling sad. Have you found that when you're helping people? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't do much with this kind of, you know, this is not the work that I do. Mm. And I've never, I've, I've, I've really never encountered anybody, but this kind of deep resentment, but, mm. uh, but Lord, I mean, I, what, what I teach is a kind of blanket forgiveness. Um, whatever's going on, if we can't forgive everything, 
we, we've got a problem. We have yeah. a serious, serious problem because the only person we're harming is ourselves. Absolutely. There's nobody else we're harming. Mm-mm. And we may as well just, um, we just blanketly forgive everything. And I've never worked with anyone who couldn't just blanketly forgive, which is why I tell the, the story about the, the, the two brothers who had the druthers. <laughs> I'd rather be angry. I, I don't know why I'm mad at him anymore, but I'm just plain mad at him. And 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 people laugh at that story. And then and then we can talk and and we talk and then we we make our forgiveness balls and we push the balls away and we forgive everything. Oh, I love that. I do. I love Whatever. that. We, everything gets in the ball, including the brother, including ourselves, and we forgive it all. I love that. And that's why I, I like, because some people aren't able to do that. You know, and they, they're holding on to it. And what I find in using the radical forgiveness technology is what we call it is. That's what we're going to talk about now. I want to, I want to talk about what you do because it, it, I think what you do is wonderful too. Thank um, you. And it may, it may, that may work when radical forgiveness, the way I do it doesn't work for some people. Absolutely. Uh, what, what you do may work and, and, um, for them. So, um, because whatever you're doing, everyone, you must forgive everything. There is nothing anybody can do with to, to you in this life that you cannot forgive. I don't care what they did. They burned down your God forbid house with God forbid everybody you loved and everything you loved inside it. I don't care what they did because none of this is real. Everybody is fine and waiting for you just beyond the veil. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. After you get there, when you're having, you know, when you're, when you're, there's nothing people have not forgiven during their life review. The people in at Auschwitz, it doesn't matter that you for, you're going to forgive that guard at Auschwitz because everybody is fine. They're all around you then. That's just a fact. There's nothing you won't forgive. I have never heard a single story from from those um, life reviews of people not forgiving. And that's just a fact, and I'm being very serious now. Everybody always forgives. The only, for, the only people who have trouble forgiving during their life reviews, and this is perfectly deadly serious now, some people have trouble forgiving themselves. Mm. That's why we learn radical forgiveness in that that frankly is why Brenda is going to be giving you her techniques now. And that's why I give my techniques too sometimes because you've got a serious forgiveness problem coming up during your life review. After you've transitioned, you're going to have to forgive yourself. And some people have a lot of trouble with that. And if you can't forgive after you've transitioned, Jesus told us what's going to happen. You're going to end up in the outer darkness where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's why you need to learn to forgive now. That's your big, serious, serious problem after you die. So we're going to learn now to forgive everything because that's that's the big job we all have ahead of us is learning to forgive ourselves now. So Brenda... Teach away because that's what we all have ahead of us is learning to forgive ourselves big time. Oh, you said that so beautifully. And it is 
this is the thing is like we're it, it, there's no choice here i mean there it, forgiveness is a choice but we really are at a time in our lives and in as a community as society that forgiveness is important i mean like you just said thank you so much for the way that you said that roberta because you know god is in everything what like you god mentioned the house burning down here. right yep it, it, there's, there's, and this is what I, I really, really was attracted to radical forgiveness about because radical forgiveness talked about that, that life is, happens for us, not to us. Yeah. That's and right. that, yeah. And that radical forgiveness has the ability to shift our perspective on life by seeing our struggles through an altogether different lens. So what if, what if the miracles that happened, because I learned that um, that like a definition of a miracle is a shift of perception. When yeah. I just look at something differently, it shifts and I feel different. And so that's where we're going is we want to feel different ourselves because I can't, I have no control over anybody else. And so the only thing I can control is me. And so when I look at life as what happens for me rather than to me, it it's hugely significant and That's it's right. actually a huge leap forward, right? By being able to do, instead of looking at it, like, you know, I'm the victim because That's we right. haven't. Exactly right. It's all a gift where this is life is a whole bunch of major forgiveness lessons and it's all for us to learn how to do it. Right. That's well, right. and yes. And when we're able to see these events that, that we looked at as negative, you know, if we can look at them as a growth experience, then it becomes divinely guided and purposeful, even in the midst, like you said, of the most difficult circumstances and relationships. And again, I want to caveat here because, because people have been wounded deeply and they've been hurt deeply and that. I want to, I want to talk to them. It's like, yes, we have been victimized, but if we continue to live in that victim type of energy, we are giving our power away. We, we are creating this dissonance between our own heart and ourself, not to the other person they're going on. We're angry at them and we think that they're going to suffer for it, but they're not the ones suffering. We are. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. They don't yeah. care we forgive or not. That's right. They don't. And and that's the one thing like we think, okay, I'm going to starve myself because I'm going to make you suffer. <laughs> the other person, right? right? It's that's like right. taking, yeah, taking poison, expecting the other person, you know, to die. And it's die. like, it's like that's we right. got that in our head and that's where we can change. We can shift how we think about it. We can do this. We can learn how to shift it and go, wait a second. Why would I give away my precious energy, my time, my life to one person? Why would I do that? Yes, totally. That's totally. You know? Yep. Well, yeah. And radical forgiveness has a, it's a tool with a, it's deeply spiritual. And because it allows us to see each obstacle in our life as an actual gift and that these gifts are healing opportunities to look inside like we just talked about our own mind and see the hidden, the unconscious blocks that keep us from living a more peaceful, fulfilling, healthier and happier life. And once we can see those blocks, they can start to and work on them. They can start to dissipate and then we can start to understand them and heal our body, mind, and spirit. 
And that's what I love about this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love to talk about um, the fact of if you're wondering what these unconscious beliefs are, I do what I call the little mirror exercise. And it's not like a mirror like you're thinking about, like some people are thinking about where you say, I love you in the mirror, even though I highly recommend that one too. (laughs) Um, I love that because, right, we're the hardest ones to love ourselves because we've got all that stuff going on. You know, I like to say, you know, when we try to forgive ourselves, we've got the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, the defense attorney, the victim, and the perpetrator all in our head wanting to talk at the same time. And so it's one of the hardest things to do is to quiet those voices down. But when we can quiet those voices down and we can do that through prayer, we can do that through journaling, meditation, gratitude, especially gratitude. That's a really big one. When we can do that, then we're able to look at things differently. And what I, an exercise that I suggest people do when I work with them is to take somebody that really irritates you. And because we all have somebody And though, even though we work hard on forgiveness, we still have somebody out there and take it and write five to 10 things that you do not like about them. What is it that bothers you about them? And write it down on one side of a piece of paper. And then on the other side of the piece of paper, I want you to see where are you doing that to yourself? So an example, if I have somebody who's demeaning to me all the time, right, who's 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 always cutting me off and, and I feel less than when I'm around them, on that other side of the piece of paper, I can go, ooh, where am I demeaning to myself? Where is my self-talk? What is my self-talk saying to me? And if we're saying somebody is angry all the time, right? They're always angry and they're, they're mean and they're nasty to people. Cause that's what I get a lot when I do this exercise is with people with, is that where am I angry at myself? We turn it towards ourselves. Where am I doing that with me? Because this is now where I can start noticing Roberta, the pattern. I can see now where I am doing these things to myself because this person now, instead of the bad guy, can now be a teacher for me because they're reflecting for me what I have denied and repressed about myself. Those beliefs that are hidden. It's a beautiful way to bring it up. Then I can make the choice if I want to heal it or not. Does that make sense? That Perfect sense. Yes. Yes, of course. It's powerful. This exercise is one of the ones that that can be an owie. <laughs> you know, we can look at it and go, ooh, right. uh, yeah, I am kind of me. And we can look at it too, not only to myself, but where am I demeaning to someone else? So we can look at that too. Like I'm mad at this person, but whenever somebody really irritates me, I stop first, Roberta, and I go, okay, where am I doing that to myself or other people? And sometimes I'm not doing that. It's just irritating me for another reason, like something like it's a behavior that I have healed. But when I see it in someone else, it's a reminder that I have, you know, not been nice in the past. But for the most part, that reflection is so powerful for being able to look and go, oh, this is within me. I can heal this and forgive myself, right? And accept Uh myself that I'm human. And that I'm going to make a mistake and I can make an apology to me. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So that's really powerful. Okay. And then I wanted to share one other, if if you don't mind. Um, there is a powerful four-step process. I first want to share that the radical forgiveness process I really like because it's a tangible process. It's a five-step process. And there are tangible tools. <clears throat> so there's worksheets and there's audios and there's these different things that we go through together that really brings up. It, it, it's a process that I say, it gives my head something to do because most of us are stuck in our head so my yeah. heart can heal, right? So it gives my head something to do so my heart can heal. Because when my head are those things that I'm justified in my anger. They've did this to me. I'm not going to apologize first, or I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. So we can go in this gamut of what we believe to be true because we've said something over and over again in our head. So to get us out of our head and into our heart, because I do want to say a lot of us are afraid, right? Of that vulnerability. We're afraid to feel our feelings and we're afraid to be in our heart because we're afraid we're going to get hurt again. This process give is done in such a way because Colin Tipping created it and he used it. He used hypnotherapy and the course in miracles to create these tools. And so it's absolutely fabulous how the process works because it works in spite of us. <laughs> Even if I don't want to give up my anger by the time I'm done with, it, I'm going, darn it. I feel better. <laughs> So, yeah, Lord. I, I know, I know, because sometimes I want to hang on to that, but and nope, the work won't let me. But there's a four-step process I want to share um, with the listeners and that see how, see how, you know, that see, try it out and see if it works. So it's a four-step process that you can memorize and, or write it down on a piece of paper. And this is, it's number one. So when something happens that irritates you or you're upset about or something, especially yourself, you can do it this way. Number one is we, we admit, we say, look what I created and what number one does look what I created. So if we're going to use an example on the freeway, a car cuts us off. Right. And a lot of times we'll go, what are you doing? You know, and we'll, yeah. we'll you know, we'll start getting upset. But if I say, look what I created, boom, it brings the energy back to me. I'm no longer pointing it outside of myself. It's not that car's fault, that person's fault. And I learned because it, that wasn't personal. I've, I've accidentally cut people off, but what it does is look what I created. And then the second one is I notice my judgments and I love myself anyway. So I'm judging them, right? I'm going, what are you doing? Why would you cut me out? I'm taking it personally and I'm judging them or myself. So we can use this in different circumstances. So I notice my judgments and I love myself anyway. You can start to feel a little softening within your heart. Number three is I am willing to see the perfection in the situation. So this is that shift of perception. I am willing to see that this is happening for me and not to me. Oh, and then I can kind of realize oh yeah, I'm the one that got out the door late. So I'm upset. So then of course, I'm going to yell at somebody who accidentally pulls in front of me, right? So now I'm bringing it back, self-forgiveness, self-responsibility. And the fourth one is, I choose the power of peace. I love I, that. I do, but I do this 
all the time. In fact, I had a recent family situation that was pretty intense. And that's what I did. I did the four steps all the time as like a little mantra for myself. And it really helped me shift the energy around myself and people involved. Because when we pull our energy back to us, it makes a difference in the dynamic of the relationship. Just changing what you tell yourself about what's going on around you is huge. It is. I mean, when people cut you off, you can choose on the road. You can choose whether to be angry about it. Or the the way I retrained myself was to immediately tell myself, that they were all on the way to the hospital because somebody was oh. so sick. I mean, I mean, they, they, for example, you know, they give you a finger because yeah. you, know, you were going too slowly. Mm-hmm. So I would immediately say, oh, the poor man, he's only got one finger. <laughs> oh, he's probably got the other fingers in a bag beside him. And I hope they can reattach them in time. And I would worry about those fingers. Would they be able to reattach them in time? And, and oh, and I would wave at him and then say, oh, go ahead, because I want to make sure you get to the hospital in time. <laughs> and, and, and if you really say this to yourself and mean it and smile him and, and wave him ahead, the looks on their faces, they're so confused. Because you really smile and mean it, and it, and it makes you happy to wave them ahead. It changes everything about that encounter, and it changes oh. everything about you. Oh my gosh, I love that! Thank you so much for sharing that too. That is so good. I love, especially as you go. Oh my gosh, the fingers might be in the bag next. You know, when we yes. make it like that, we, we don't have a choice. Time. Right. You, Our brain goes, really oh my God. Believe that it changes everything about your morning. It does. And the waving, isn't the waving great? When you do that, like when I have to pull in front of somebody or, you know, by accident, or I need to take the exit real quick and I wave, it changes everything. People are like, oh, yes. oh, okay. It's like an apology. Even though we don't need an apology, it does feel different when we get one. A real heart felt apology. And I was talking to a friend of mine who does neuroscience and she said, Brenda, that's because there's a place in the brain that actually lights up when we receive a heartfelt apology, because when we're wounded, when we're hurt, it it happens to be the emotional and the physical pain registers in the same place in the brain. So when we, I know this was fascinating to me. And she said, when people take an aspirin, they will actually emotionally feel better. So, it could be placebo. It would still make you feel better. Exactly. But I love the waving part like you talked about, because that is like an apology. It's like, oh, sorry. And then people automatically usually will soften. And that's what we that's want. They confuse the word, the worst, the worst guys who were so. That's true. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what to do about that? Yeah, the confused look on the face would make me yes. laugh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it certainly helped me to become a better driver. I have to say. Oh, <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> but but the point is, sooner or later, we have to decide what kind of people we're going to be. And and because the only person you can really work on is yourself. And if you decide you're going to be a better human being, 
And, and it really does help to raise your consciousness vibration by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. And that's the, you're the only person you can really work on. Absolutely. And if you want to become a loving human being, that's where it starts is with yourself. Yes. Very true. And, you know, and people it's, I can't highly, I highly recommend really writing out our feelings, being honest and truthful with ourselves about how we feel, because when we're rigorously honest with ourselves first, then we're able to be honest with other people. Yes. And that's what, and that's how we start to feel to be okay with vulnerability and just write down the feelings about certain situations or where you feel you've been wronged, write down your feelings. And, you know, because writing them down is powerful because what we want to do is get them out of the body. And that's really important um, to be able to get them out of the body. And so when you do that, then you can do rituals. That's you can burn them. You can, you know, cry and, and you can, you know, I love when people feel angry. I love sharing the exercise of using that tennis racket to the bed or to the couch. Move, do some sort of movement, stomping, screaming, get it out of our bodies. Allow ourselves to feel our feelings because when we do that, they move through in 90 seconds to two minutes. Instead of holding on to the story in our head that we've been feeding for years, this is pure self-forgiveness when we give ourselves the opportunity to say that my feelings matter to me and that I am the one, the only one that can change how I feel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Your, your mind is your home. You want to make your home a comfortable place to be all the time. Absolutely. And clean out all the trash and get rid of it. And forgiveness is the way you do it. It is. It is. Because that's, that's why I love your book. Because your book, it really, I thought was the first, you were the first person who had addressed all the different ways that one can really get rid of the trash and free yourself. From mm -hmm. all the different ways people hold on to pointless trash. Yes. Oh, yeah. Brenda, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. What do you want people to take away from our conversation today? Well, I want people, I'm going to share for a moment and say, you are worth forgiving. You are worth living a forgiveness lifestyle that helps you to shift your negative feelings, to be able to see them from a different perspective, because that's when you're able to bring joy and inner peace and freedom back to yourself, which allows you to fall in love with you and life again, or maybe even for the first time. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, fall in love with yourself. Yeah, let's fall in love with our what would what would this planet be like if we all fell in love with ourselves? Because you are perfectly loving. Yes. And you are your own best beloved. And so anything about yourself that is that you don't think is perfect, you need to forgive that. Yeah. And uh you know, Brenda will teach you how to do it. I think <laughs> you can read, read her book and she will teach you how to do it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here, dear. We'll have you back and to teach more about forgiveness.
Oh, it's a joy to be with you, Roberta. And thank you for sharing today because I'm going to take that story with me and I'm going to use that <laughs> next time on the freeway. <laughs> well, it does help you because I used to be a horrible driver. Now I'm really, really a happy and carefree driver. And I love it when simple when someone shows me the finger because it gives me a chance <laughs> to see them look really surprised. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Big hug, my dear. Big hug to you. And again, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you never began and you never will end. True, that's true. And when you get it, when you really grasp that fact, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Michelle D. Gladio, and she's a communications coach who's written a thoughtful book called Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. For many of us, breaking out and saying what we really, really mean honestly and from the heart can be so hard. Michelle has made a study of how to help people really raise their game as communicators, and her book is a quick and honest and easy, relatively easy read. If you've been feeling that you might want to learn a little more in this area, then please be sure to join us next week. And today our guest has been the wonderful Brenda Reese. She's been with us for the second time, and Brenda, I think I now call her the guru of forgiveness. She says that self-forgiveness helped her to transition out of victimhood and into the life she was meant to live. And, you know, we really ought, ought all of us to be doing that. Now she's dedicated her life to helping others to overcome the obstacles that there really all of us have. If we give ourselves blockages, and as she points out, some of us have even forgotten why we can't forgive others or forgive ourselves. There's a process. And she's written a really nifty book called Forgive Yourself, and it's short. It's easy to understand, and I think, frankly, everybody ought to read it. She's the best expert on forgiveness I've found, so we're going to have her on periodically just to remind us that forgiveness is very important, as Jesus said, and, you know, it's not that hard. We just have to learn how to do it right, and we're going to need it. I think it's important primarily because when we do our life review it's easy to forgive anybody. It doesn't matter what they've done. We'll forgive them all when we go through our life review. The hard one is forgiving ourselves. So that's why I want Brenda to be able to teach all of us how to do it right. And of course, now it's time once again to, to mention, just mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com, start to learn for yourself that your own reality truly is eternal. And the ultimate teacher of that, of course, is Craig Hogan himself, who's the ultimate expert on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com is your best resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us today in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived. Finally, it's Jesus's turn. As Christianity, the religion dies at last. The genuine teacher of finally can come alive. As, as we know, Christianity doesn't teach what Jesus taught. So finally, teachingsbyjesus.com does teach what Jesus taught, made by him, for him, in perfect love for you. As I'm sure you must know by now, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. 
For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books wherever you can get books. Most of the adult books, except the last, are available as audiobooks. And if you want to talk to me about anything at all, you can always just contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Just please, please give me your, cor- your correct email address, because sometimes my emails bounce and you make me sad, so please don't make me sad. Just Give me your correct address. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you you in particular, in all the universes, in all the places there ever, ever have been and ever will be, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. Everything.